What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. We're here for courtesy of Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Adam, how are you? I, I got to ask you, man. Uh, living the single life in a pandemic, and it was Valentine's Day. Did you have some online Valentines, or uh, did you actually get to uh, have some some food with a live human being? No, I didn't see anyone live. I did have a, a video call with someone, but yeah, because I'm not really with anyone. So yeah, Valentine's Day was nothing big for me. I think it's the second year in a row. The two previous ones, I definitely was with someone. So caught a break. No, it's nice to be single on Valentine's Day. I agree with you, dude. I, Valentine's Day to me is a farce. It's a sham uh, and it's just, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, listen, I've been with my wife for a while, you know, like uh, she's like, she wants cards or a box of candy or something like that. You know, just the, the effort. She's not like big on it. When she was working in an office, I would send her flowers. Right. Because then, you know, you know, you send a nice bouquet of flowers when she's in the office and then everybody in the, uh, in the, in the place, that she's working with is like, oh my god, oh, he's such such a nice guy. He sends such beautiful flowers, like that kind of nonsense. But now here we are, you know, we're in lockdown, and uh, and she's at home most of the time here. So I'm like, man, why am I wasting a card? And if I'm getting a box of candy, there better be a bunch of candies in there that I like too, because I'm gonna eat it too. Yeah, I'm with you on the whole Valentine's Day thing. I think it is a big scam and it allows especially restaurants to jack up prices. The same meal that you can get on a Tuesday is now three or four times the price. You know, I remember I went to this restaurant two years ago. It was pretty expensive. And they give me lobster bisque soup in a damn shot glass. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like I'm paying all this money. You can't give it to me in a bowl. It's in a shot glass. We know that's not big. I was stunned. And uh the girl I was with at the time always brought it up. She's like, remember how pissed you off were about the last of this? I'm like, yeah, because I'm paying this money. They know you're going to pay it, right? They know people are coming to the restaurant, and they just jack up the price. So it's that one day where, like you said, the whole office thing. Oh, they sent me flowers at work. Everyone, look, I'm, I'm loved, and let me show off. Like, come on, man. Like, you should be showing love to someone you're with consistently. You don't need that one day out of the year. So it's commercialized. It's really commercialized. You know, the the restaurant thing is actually kind of, it's, it's funny, you know, and it's the same thing on, you know, with like roses and a florist, right? The, oh, the, the yeah, markup dude. is, is it's, it's stupid. But here's the thing is like, they'll serve it to you in a shot glass, right? The, the lobster bisque and, and what, what are you going to do? Are you going to bitch about the price that you're paying for how much they're giving you? Like who wants to be that a-hole who sits there on Valentine's Day and complains in front of his date about how much he's got to spend? Yeah, especially if you're the first Valentine's with her. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, it was, it's crazy, though. But anyone with a brain knows it, even the females. They know it, too. I mean, it does. It takes common sense to figure this out. It's, like, ridiculous. And then there's a limited menu. So I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that this year. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to deal with it any year. It's, it's ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. But there you go. I was just curious. Very, very non nondescript valentine's day for for me either um you know we we sat we hung out walked the dogs exchanged cards cards are the dumbest thing ever also yeah that's another thing dude <laughs> like come on man like you know we've all seen the seinfeld episode or maybe not everybody has seen it but the bottom line like how long are you supposed to keep a card for 
Like, uh, you know, it's it's a card. It's it's a piece of paper. Somebody scribbled a little note on there. I mean, are you, are you getting something that's so deep and so intimate on a card that you have to save it? And, dude, what's the, the friggin' price of cards? Like $5.99 for a card from Hallmark. Oh, I'm with you. It's a waste. And I'll do that. I, I agree that sometimes like I'll throw a card in a drawer and then I'll open the drawer and I'm like, okay, can I throw this away now? Like, what am I keeping it for? Unless like there's something with sentimental value or some special card. But let's be honest, most of them are just like typical Christmas card or whatever. Like, what do you got to keep it for? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. The whole card thing, I think is there's a lot of things in life. This is like a curb your enthusiasm episode, like the stupidest shit in life. That people make a big deal about it. and we just sit there and we wonder like why are we doing this like who came up with this shit that it's stuck through all these years when it's idiotic bobby hallmark bobby hallmark was sitting around being like you know business is kind of slow here in january february what are we gonna you know what let's commercialize valentine's day let's let's make that just like the the biggest nightmare as if it wasn't like a kick to the groin to have to get like holiday gifts to people, but then you get a month and a half to recover for what? For freaking Valentine's Day? Dude, garbage. Hot garbage. I ugh. Ugh. Did you ever were you ever with somebody who celebrated Valentine's Day to the point where it was like that you had to go and deal with that kind of nonsense? Well, I mean, you know, the females <clears throat> make a big deal about it. So when you're with someone, you do have to do the flowers most of the time. That's another thing that I think is a waste. They die a week later or less. It's just, it's a whole bunch of nonsense. It really is. It is. It's garbage. It's garbage. I'm glad, listen, I'm glad we're like-minded on that one there. I really am. Oh yeah. I've been saying it for years. It's just, oh, it's God, just like it's the just worst. worst. It's like you, you try to be single if you can on that day, like you time it. You're like, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm going to wait until after Valentine's day to get into this relationship. I mean, obviously, sometimes you can't pick and choose, but if you can, you, you do want to time it right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, well, I mean, it's tricky because, you know, I mean, do you do the breakup before the holidays to, like, save yourself a couple of bucks here and there? And, you know, or, you know, or are you going to be too lonely through the holidays? Do so you want to make sure that you're with somebody for New Year's? So you tolerate it there and then you do the breakup at, like, late January so you don't have to deal with, like, valentine's day and her birthday and flag day and all the other days out there uh i mean you don't want to it depends obviously on the person you're with right if you care about them a lot you're gonna have to suck it up and get through those holidays and deal with it but if you can arrange it like if you're in the dating scene you know don't get too serious if it's mid-january early february you know push it off a little bit Right. Take the extra day to call her back. Take the flag. Take a couple of delay <laughs> games. <laughs> you know, work work just gets busy, you know, late January, early February. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'll be free around February 18th. It gets a little bit free. <laughs> Things really loosen up for me, like right around late February. Not mid, late. And then a week later, it gets really busy because it's fantasy baseball draft season. So you got a week of me. Which and, then is I'll actually, you, and I'll see you in April. Right. It's actually the topic of today's conversation here because fantasy baseball is just around the corner. We do have, um, you know, pitchers and catchers are getting ready to report this week, like late this week. Um, 
And before you know it, drafts are starting. I actually, I, I've got the first mock draft army draft is tonight, Adam, uh, till we're recording here on Monday. Um, and so I'm going to actually end up doing my first mock draft here on February 15th. And I got to tell you, man, <laughs> I have, I, you know, I, I'm still, I've been keeping up with the hot stove news and I can, you know, tell you, you know, what, what, what certain teams are looking like, but overall, man, when it comes to like a draft and ADP and all that other stuff, man, I, I have, uh, I, I'm not up there yet. I am not up to speed, so to speak. Are you? I want to say no. I think this is actually the furthest I've been behind uh, at this point of the year for fantasy baseball, and it uh, really bothers me. Uh, I was thinking about that the last couple of days. I'm like, damn, man, I'm just going to have to have some nights where I just stay up. I think it's because I've done so much basketball. It's taken away from my baseball prep. So uh, I don't feel I'm ready. And there are drafts right around the corner. It looks like the labor mixed league auction is going to be, I was told today, March 4th is what we're looking at at this point. So that's what three weeks from Thursday, or is that two weeks? Oh shit! Oh my god, it's two weeks from Thursday. Damn it! And then I believe mixed league tout is March 9th. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm up against it here myself. Um, Isn't you know, there I've a done... draft on Sirius XM yeah. on Tuesday. Tuesday night? Tuesday night, yeah. Which uh, that's are you? The... In, are you in that no. one? No, I'm in the mixed uh, labor auction league, which debuted last year. Um, ah. This is the mixed league draft. Gotcha. So yeah, that one is Tuesday night. But yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I did two draft champions leagues, but so I'm a little bit up on ADP. But yeah, I mean, if I were to jump in a one tonight, I'd feel like a little lost, but you just got to jump in at some point and it's a mock at least. So you know that it's not being played out and you'll start to get an idea of where players are going. But to me, this is the most challenging year ever because we just don't have a lot of data from 2020 and we're all trying to figure out what that data means you know did some guys who improved did they make substantial changes is it something that carries over is it just oh well you know 60 games i mean i'm not gonna buy into what that guy did uh i can tell you though based on the adps and drafts i've done people are buying into 2020 like you're seeing so many players being boosted up based on 2020 and then on the flip side players who struggled that might have had a track record just really falling down drafts. So as much as people want to say, yeah, you know, we're not looking too much at 2020 based on the ADP that I've seen. Uh, it's not true. Well, let's, let's take a deeper look into that then let's talk about it because actually I was just, uh, I was just looking at Jen Piacenti's uh, article in the fantasy alarm MLB draft guide uh, about COVID rebound candidates and players who uh, had a bad season la last year, a bad two months. Uh, and what does that mean and how does that translate? So let's uh, we'll, we'll combine that with a look at some of the ADP that you've seen here. Um, but before we get to all of that, let's just give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site y'all should be playing on. And here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. 
Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play Play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right. So, Adam, you know, number of uh, interesting candidates as far as uh, comebacks go for uh, this article that, that Jen Piacenti did. Um, and, and it's really that that is, some, you know, the, the age old question of, of what numbers do you believe? And what don't you believe in? So, you know, right off the bat here, you know, a couple of players who Jen has been looking at, uh, Yohan Mankata, terrible season last year, had COVID actually. So, you know, we talk about that. Austin Meadows uh, coming off of a down year. Jack Flaherty started for the Cardinals. I mean, dude, the dude had a 4.91 ERA last year. And, you know, looking to him for, uh, for a potential rebound, uh, from what we've seen. So, you know, we could talk about these guys, but more importantly, which are the guys, who are the guys that you're seeing jumping up in the ADP right now? That's strictly based off of a a strong 2020, which to me actually becomes a little bit more suspect than somebody coming off of a bad 2020. Well, I I want you to take note in your mock today. Tell me where Jack Flaherty goes, uh, because as I mentioned in the NFBC pitching is getting pushed way up. His ADP is 28 since February 1st. So you're not getting a discount on him. So I'm intrigued to see in a regular mock draft uh, without high stakes players where he goes. Uh, as far as some of those, Moncada, I think is a buying opportunity in my eyes. I had him last year right. and yeah, he was terrible. And he talked about how he just, he actually said he didn't feel completely right until recently. So even after the offseason, so he tried to play through it and he just wasn't good. I mean, his strikeout rate was up a little bit. Um, I mean, look, he did get a little lucky in 2019. He had a 406 batting average of balls in play. So I don't think anyone expects him to be a 315 hitter. He's a career 260 hitter, but it's a great White Sox lineup. Here's the other telltale sign, too. Guy didn't even attempt a stolen base. Not even an attempt. He had 10 the year before, 12 the year before. That goes to show you it backs up what he was saying. So I mean, give him credit for playing 52 games and trying to to get through it. But, you know, a lot of his numbers were down. So to me, that presents a buying opportunity. I think the same with Meadows. Meadows was someone I was heavily invested in last year. And obviously, he let me down. The one risk with him is, you know, do the Rays platoon him a lot? They really didn't. They did late in the year, but they were competing uh, for a championship. And, you know, maybe they they noticed the trends with him, too. Uh, You know, his strikeout rate went up like 10%. Uh, but I think he's a guy that can bounce back and can help you in a bunch of categories. So that's the thing. I think you need to look at each individual. But some guys that I'm seeing like really jump up, uh, Kyle Tucker's going late se- second round. I mean, mm-hmm. you can make a case for him, but like you wouldn't have expected that. And then basically all the pitchers from the central division, uh, they all had easy schedules. And if you look at the top pitchers going 
uh, here in the NFBC ADP. They're mostly from the AL Central. I know you Darvish moved to the Padres, but he pitched for the Cubs last year. He's, he's 16th overall. Lucas Giolito, AL Central, 18th overall. Uh, we got uh, Luis Castillo, 27th overall, AL Central, uh, NL Central. Jack Flaherty, 28th. You talked about his bad numbers. No discount there. Uh, you've got Brandon Woodruff, who I really like. Excellent stuff. He's 35th overall, pitched in the NL Central. So you got a lot of these pitchers in that division that obviously saw inflated numbers because of the schedule. Uh, I know we broke some of their schedules down on a previous Andy Up podcast. I mean, Kent Maida, I love. He's 49th overall. Um, right. We saw him you know, go to the Twins, and the innings restriction was lifted. But – the other thing is, too, you know, I think we already know most of these guys are not going to throw a ton of innings. So outside of the elite, we're already aware of that. But uh, Randy Arozarena is 54th overall. Oh, yeah. That was another one that everybody's been all up in. Yeah, I mean, he, he did perform very well in the pro season. Um, and he was a top prospect. So he's interesting. You know, he's 25 years old. Cardinals let him go. Came to the Rays. And. You know, the regular season was only 23 games. He did have seven homers, 11 RBIs, four steals, batted 281. Does have a very high strikeout rate, but that's a guy that, you know, what have we seen? 23 regular season games with the Rays and then the postseason. Um, I mean, he does, they have the, the power speed combo. So I understand why people are doing it. Um, but Zach Plesak's another guy, had a great year, 64th overall. So a lot of these guys are moving up based on last year, uh, 60 games. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's it's worrisome. I mean, listen, I don't hate Zach Plesac, but no, am I going to take him that high? Uh, no, that's a you know that's a totally different story. And I mean, listen, there are a lot of things that we have to take into account as far as pitching goes. Um, but you know, I mean, listen, we've got we've got so much time to get into specifics here. I'm more curious as to like the the prep process for you. I mean, obviously. You know, you're going to have your rankings over at Fantasy Alarm. I'm going to have my rankings up at Fantasy Alarm. Jim Bowden's already got his prelim rankings up there at Fantasy Alarm. Um, you know, obviously, you're, you're going to look team by team and check out, uh, you know, off-season moves, stuff like that. Or you go position by position and you start looking at it like, how does Adam Ronas start his process of prepping for fantasy baseball, making sure that he is up to date on everything from positions, you know, which positions are more scarce. Like, how do you go about your process? Yeah, I mean, you want to go through the depth charts, obviously. Look at the team's rosters to refresh yourself, to make sure you're caught up on all the changes and you know where guys are. And obviously, we've had even more signings over the last two weeks. So kind of just go through those depth charts, see where guys are projected to hit in the order. That's a really important aspect when you're trying to figure out at-bats. I mean, you know, uh, Marcus Simeon going to Toronto. I mean, he might hit in the top of the order now. I mean, that guy went from hitting in Oakland in that park to now Toronto. So that, that's a big boost, especially up top that lineup. You know, who's it going to push down? What does it mean for playing time? Uh, so that's a big thing. I think the biggest challenge right now is closers, trying to figure out who's going to close because we can go through teams and you just have no idea. Just there's so many teams, you just don't know who's going to close. You can make a case for three, four guys. So that's really difficult right now. That's the biggest challenge. And then also, again, trying to figure out the guys who did have big years last year. What changes did they make? Is there anything substantial? Can you buy into it? You know, or is it just, OK, well, it was 60 games, uh, you know, like 
I think one guy who I, I do buy into that I actually really like at first base is Eric Hosmer. Never been a big Eric Hosmer guy because I felt like the guy just hits a ton of ground balls, but he changed his swing last year, man. He was elevating the ball more. Still not an elite fly ball level. I mean, but this was a guy that was in the low 20s. He had a 34.2% fly ball rate last year. Still not top notch, but it's better than the 55 to 60% ground ball rate he had. So if he just continues that, I don't even need like, you know, 30 home runs from the guy. If he can get to 25 home runs, in that lineup for the Padres, those counting stats, I mean, first base is one of those positions when you start to look at and you're like, oh, man, there's not a lot of options here. He's a guy that I want. So it's kind of just going through, you know, each individual, not well, not each one, but as you're doing your rankings and you look at stats and you go, OK, well, all right, this guy changed here. What happened? And if there are some things that you think can be sustainable, you move them up a little bit. But, yeah, it's just kind of going through the depth charts figure out who changed teams, what's their role, where are they going to hit in the batting order, who's the starting, who's projected to be in the starting rotation, how does the bullpen shape up, and then start breaking it down by positions, which is another thing, too, this year. Yeah, every league's going to have different uh, eligibility. Like, I know in the NFBC, it's seven games played last year. Some leagues might be five, some might be ten, because it was 60 games, so you got to make changes. So I think it's going to make the position eligibility – across leagues a little complicated um you know someone might be like oh you this guy's second base in my league you don't have him ranked in second base well how many games played in your league well we're only doing three. Oh, okay well that's why <laughs> oh please so, come on dude you play a game on yahoo and oh yeah one one game eligibility what yeah. that dude he ran he touched second base while he was rounding the bases give him second base eligibility too nah he was rumored that he might play second. All right, give him second base. Yeah. He never played it. <laughs> Wait, he was a catcher in junior high school? Okay, he's got eligibility there. Give him that catcher eligibility, right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable there. Um, yeah, wow, a lot to unpack there. I still, I think I just kind of, my, my brain got stuck when you started talking about Hosmer. Very interesting there. Very interesting there. Like you would, you would do that. Like I, there's so many. Like I have so many questions. So many questions here. Would you, would you consider that? Would that be something you'd bypass a lot of that that top talent at first base and uh, and give yourself a, a guy like Eric Hosmer? Or are you looking at Hosmer more as like you know what? I'll get my first baseman when I need one. But uh, but Hosmer is a corner infielder uh, in, in that realm. Well, I'm okay with him in a 15-team league as my first baseman. And if, even in a 12, I I might be okay with it. Because when you look at first base, it's not that deep. You know, if you're not getting Freddie Freeman, Bellinger early, you got a Abreu and Vlad, you got some question marks then. You know, Pete Alonzo, Luke Voigt is up there, Goldschmidt. Matt Olson hit 195 last year. I was very high on him, but guy at 195, and you know, that's another one that you have to figure out, okay, um, we know he's got elite power. I mean, he came back from the broken hammock bone two years ago, hit 36 home runs, uh, but 195 last year. I mean, it did 227 batting average balls in play. His career marks 277. Uh, his strikeout rate did go up about 6%. Uh, but I, I kind of buy back into Olsen. I, I just think he's got elite power. doesn't matter the park he's in. But the average is... You know, somewhat of a question mark. He's a career 245 hitter, and we've seen that average all over the place. I don't think he's a 195 guy for right. sure. You're hoping, though, that he hits 250, 260, but it can come with elite power. But first base is not the position 
that we are accustomed to seeing. Shortstop is way deeper than first base. Yeah. Oh, first base has been thinning for, for some time now. Um, it really has. And it's been a, you know, a, a, a sticking point for me. And the question is, is yeah, like last, you know, I'm hoping that we can get a guy like Matt Olson back at like, you know, his old price tag, not at the uh, at the new elevated one. Uh, another thing I'm going to have to definitely his ADP, his ADP right now in the NFBC is 89 since February 1st. 89. Yeah. Really? Mm hmm. Is that 14, 15 teamers? Um, this is all drafts. So fifth, sixth round. In a 15-teamer, it would be, yeah, sixth, right? What did yeah. I say, 89? Yeah. Well, seven, yeah, sixth, seventh round. Yeah, I was doing the hard math in my head there for a second. All right, fine. I scribbled it on a piece of paper. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, these guys are all going back to back. Muncie, 88. Olsen, 89. Goldschmidt, 90. So that's like a, a first base run right there. Kind of like Goldie with that uh, that that new protection in the lineup for him. Yeah, and I'm sure. And the other thing is too, you know, uh, yeah, the power is down a little bit, but the guy hit hit 304 last year. He's that, and people don't look at average enough. I mean, you get that average uh, from a guy in that round; it's just huge, especially if you maybe you take a Alberto Montesi early on. You know, you can kind of pass some of that average with Goldschmidt. 293 career hitter. I mean, yeah, the power's not elite um, right. anymore. He had six homers in 58 games last year. Um, but across the board, the stats should be pretty good. A guy can still hit. Guy can still hit. So where are you as far as uh, all the pitching talk that that we've gone, gotten now? You know, listen, we know that there are a few guys who are going to throw normal innings. There are a lot of teams who are planning on uh, not just tandem starters, not just openers, but also just not allowing their pitchers to go a third time through the order. You know, there's a lot of guys who are saying that they don't want their pitchers throwing more than 60 innings that they threw the year before, the whole Verducci effect uh, stuff that goes on. So, you know, as far as like your normal draft style versus what you're hearing now about pitchers, does this elevate those elite guys, the DeGroms, the Coles? Um, the Beavers, does it does it elevate those guys more for you, or do you look at this and say, well, the it's going to kind of dilute the pitching pool a little bit, and I might as well be able to wait on that? Uh, I would like to get one of those. The problem is it's going to be costly. Like I'm more open to taking a Degrom Cole early, but then when I see these five tool guys on the board, it's like, how can I pass on them? Right. Uh, you know, when you but I have seen DeGrom go one overall in some drafts. I, I saw a draft start Cole DeGrom. Um, so I, I well, that's that's a bit much for me. I can't I can't do it first overall. Yeah, um, DeGrom's ADP since February first, the NFBC is five, and Cole is seven. So that means DeGrom's going ahead of Trout, Trey Turner. Uh, Cole's going ahead of Turner, Jose Ramirez, Yelich. So it's tough to do there, um, but. And look, I, I'm not going to reach on pitching. If everyone's going to push it up, I'm going to go in a different direction. And maybe it comes back to Burmy at the end of the year. But some of these pitchers going early, I just cannot justify the price tag. And you, the problem is, I think most people will sit there and go, oh, my goodness, I got no pitchers. Look at this team has two. This team has three. I have none. 
It is risky. I would like to come away with one pitcher early if I can, but I'm not going to be pushing up some of these subpar pitchers in round four or five. If everyone else is going to go in that direction, I'll go the other way. And hopefully I can figure out some value to get in the middle to later rounds that, you know, sur- surpass their value. Um, but I'm also interested to see how pitching is in a regular league, like without the high stakes crowd. Like, is it going to be the same or similar? My guess is probably it won't be the same. I mean, it, pitching always tends to go earlier in the NFBC over the last few years. I do think the industry leagues caught up a little bit the last year or two. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see um, if people in, in average drafts, uh, home leagues, if it's the same. Uh, the And the other factor is the other factor is the baseball. You know, with this report that came out that they're going to change the baseball. Right. They're going to deaden it. Yeah. This, dude, it make, this year is is really difficult, man. It really is difficult because we're all searching for answers and no one has them. Anyone who says they have this figured out, they don't know. They do. <laughs> they don't. They don't. But you know what? I mean, listen, I'm very curious to see what happens in this mock draft that I'm doing tonight. You know, and that's going to yeah, be we should recap it tomorrow. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. I mean, but again, you know, the funny thing is I want to recap it tomorrow. But I mean, I'm really I've, I've got the the fifth overall pick. Okay. I see that. It's only a 12-teamer. Right. Um, say in the 12, I'm not as worried about taking the pitching early. Right. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's going to be – what's going to be interesting, or at least from from my perspective, is really is where am I going to go, um, you know, in those, in those middle to late rounds? Like, where's the – you know, because I – you know – one of the things for me and the reason why I love doing mock drafts, what I love doing about running the mock draft army was that I knew the player pool cold, like cold. And then on top of that, I went into a number of like other draft rooms. So it was like RT sports and fan tracks and ESPN and Yahoo. And all I wanted to do there was, you know, get a copy of what their default rankings were like inside the, uh, the, the, the draft. So that I can figure out where, you know, okay, this guy is listed at, you know, 712 here. He's like 2,500 in this other site, you know, and you kind of, because that's another thing that you need to do. And one of the things that, you know, I, I learned and, and tried to help people with was if you keep mock drafting in the same, you know, same place, in the same system over and over again, you'll learn the player pool, but you, if you don't check out where these guys are on other sites, then you're going to have trouble drafting because you're going to end up with like different default rankings, you know? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, look, I've always said everyone has to come up with a plan that they think is great for themselves. And for me, the way I avoid that is I just print out my cheat sheet and I, I'm pen and pad guy, cross names off the list. So this way, if I'm going down the list and I'm like, OK, uh, my next guy up is I don't know, let me. Think of someone like way down low, like, uh, uh, I don't know, Freddie Peralta. Just throwing a name out there, right? Maybe he's buried somewhere. He was a relief pitcher. So I'll just type in the bar Peralta. Oh, shoot. He's ranked 1246. Throw him in the queue. I might do it. Be- I'll try if- I'll try to do it beforehand. If it's an online draft, I'll obviously, you know, get in early and go through the queue or look at names that I have highlighted on my list. But I just cross names off the list. And when you do that. You, you won't have no issue because you'll just go down and as you're preparing for your next pick, you go, okay, um, Sam Hilliard, type in Hilliard. Oh, shoot. He's buried down there. If you're going to just go on a draft and just look at the queue, 
you are going to lose your guys. You can't do it. I just don't think it's the right thing. Whether you use draft software, print out my rankings, Howard's, or Fantasy Alarm, whatever it is, find something that works for you. But I like printing out the rankings and crossing names off. It's right in front of me. I don't have to worry, oh, shit, I forgot about that guy after someone takes him and I forgot about him. So just find out a system that works for you. And just, but don't go into a draft room. Even, I guess if you've done 10 mocks on it and you did a draft and you're familiar with that platform, fine. Um, but at least throw them in the queue early for the guys that are buried down low. Uh, just find what works for you. But for me, it's printing out my rankings, crossing them off. That's, and it works for me. This way, it's all in front of me. I'm not going to forget. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I print out the copies of the ultimate cheat sheet that I create over at Fantasy Alarm. So, you know, I'm looking at the players themselves. It's not about the system. It's not about the default rankings. This is, you know, my rankings with, you know, ADP thoughts baked into it. Like that's, you know, the whole point of the cheat sheet is, you know, all right, well, these, you know, this is where this guy tends to go, um, you know, and that's just, you know, look for him there. But, you know, obviously, if you're looking at him on one site versus the other and he's significantly lower or higher, you know, you have to make those necessary adjustments. Like, that's the thing that I always hate the most is when, like, some random site, like, you know, outs a, a buried sleeper on every other place. And they're like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we think this guy's going to be like the, the 30th best outfielder. Really? He's ranked 89 on everybody else's chart. Why all of a sudden... Is he showing up here? Because somebody on that and that that staff on that team, you know, not the team of of writers really likes the guy and ends up pushing his or her you know his ADP up. Like that's something that you know when I when I was doing with the mock draft army, I was like I said to Andy Spiteri, I'm like, listen, dude, you've got to mix in different people. I get it. There are a ton of people who love to mock and love to do it, but if you've always got if you've got the same you know, five or six guys in every draft, this ADP, you're not going to see true ADP. You're going to see ADP according to these five guys. You know, it's very, very tough to to kind of maneuver all of that. And that's another thing, you know, it's like where, you know, where are you getting your ADP information from? Like that's, you know, if, if you're not thinking about where you're getting that info from, then, then you're going to be in trouble in your draft. I'm with Adam completely, you know, my rankings, his rankings, the cheat sheet, whatever you want, but just make sure that you are, uh, you know, you're you're not just walking in, I, I guess, blind. I mean, listen, if I'm doing, if I do 20 mocks on RT Sports, can I do a draft on RT Sports without a, a sheet in my hand? Yeah, of course I can. But if you aren't doing, I don't know the the average person who's doing 20 mocks on RT Sports to come back and do all of their drafts on RT Sports blind. Like they do 20 mocks on RT Sports. And they get over to ESPN. They're like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, yeah. It's completely different, man. Completely. You'll be lost if you're not prepared. And, you know, going through the queue ahead of time, um, you know, you could do that, too. Just go through the queue. Like, I know it takes time, but, you know, like anything, you put in the time if you want positive results. So that's what I'll do if I'm on a different site. I'll just kind of look at my rankings and go, all right, who's low that I really like? Let me just make sure they're not buried and just throw them in the queue um, in case, you know, time's running low and like three of your guys get taken. At least it's in the queue because if the guys rank like 
860 and you're scrolling and you didn't check before, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah, there's nothing worse than like hearing that buzzer that you got like 10 seconds left to make your pick. And oh, dude, you start, you start panicking. You're like, oh, shit, who am I going to take? Oh, my God. Then you're like, you, you don't have the direction. Like, oh, there's nothing worse than that. There's yeah, that's why, one of my, that's why one of my chairs is brown because of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nerve wracking. You don't want to miss a pick, bro. No, you definitely not only do you not want to miss a pick, but you don't want to waste a pick either. On a shit player, yeah, man. Right? Like all of a sudden you're like, you're like, oh fuck, all right, I'll just grab this guy. And then somebody in the in the in the room is like, Oh, you know he's gonna miss the first three months of the season, right? No, I didn't know that, which is why I took him in the seventh round like an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Wait, this is a baseball draft? I thought this was hoops. I guess I'm in the wrong room. Is this not PPR? <laughs> is this not PPR? <laughs> oh, man. All right. So much prep time still to come here. So much stuff going on. Fantasy Alarm MLB Draft Guide. Oh, man. You got, I mean, Adam Ronis's high roller room is still yet to open. Plus Adam's rankings, my rankings. Other articles, the Front Office Insights, the uh, the Front Office Insights podcast with me and Jim Bowden. Uh, that is, uh, we, we've got five, is it? No, yeah, we've got uh, the majority of the divisions done already. Yeah, we've got five out of the six done. Look at us. Holy shnikes. You guys going to want to get in on that. You're going to want to get in on that. We might have to do some uh, some draft guide giveaways here on the uh, on the old Annie Up podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, Adam, any other final thoughts here before we get out of here and I go try not to embarrass myself in this mock draft? It's a mock draft, man. It's the first one. So you just got to jump in the deep edge of the pool. And then once you get one under your belt, you'll have a good idea and a couple more and then you'll be good to go. One can only hope. One can only hope. All right. So that's going to do it for us here today on the Annie Up podcast. Adam and I will be back tomorrow. We'll, uh, we'll wrap up my uh, my mock draft. We'll take a look at some of the ADP, which players are rising, who's fallen, who's being reached for. We'll be able to cover all of that for you as well. Uh, not to mention, we'll check in with Adam's best bets. Killed it this weekend, dude. You're so good. You're so good. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Gives me the, gives me the warm fuzzies. It really does. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much, uh, for, for subscribing and liking the podcast here uh, the award winning FSWA award winning Annie Up podcast for Adam Ronis the award winning Adam Ronis I'm Howard Bender we'll catch you next time